Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok's story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here. Just wanted to say, hey, it's been a while. Sorry about the delay, but we've been enjoying a couple conventions in town. We just got done with Tucson Festival of Books. And the previous weekend, pretty much the whole uh, Creative Play and Podcast crew were over at Wild Wild WestCon at the old Tucson Studios. So, speaking of Wild Wild WestCon, I've actually got a panel here that we listened to that was hosted by Madame Askew, David Grasset, Kelly, and Keith Wayne Lackey, who's also known as TikTok. It's the Good Morning Facts, Fashion and Foibles of Victorian Morning. So, hey guys, let me know what you think. Sadness bubbles are real. But I don't quite care that he is. 
Dave Gossack. I am your undertaker, also a historian and uh, the Old West historian, et cetera, et cetera. And it looks like we'll make sure they're ready for undertaking. Yes. Please, come in. There's plenty of room. Thank <laughs> you. 
it would be laid out, and then the undertakers come in and fit it with the clothing, do the makeup, and that kind of thing. But most of this was done in the home. Um, and then, and yes, and then the body would usually conveyed to the chapel for the funeral from the home. Now, what was supposed to happen is the coach would pull up, they would load the casket in, and you'd walk solemnly through your neighborhood. So that, of course, all the neighbors can see how deep your mourning was. But not the babies. No. The babies stayed home and made dinner for everyone yes. else. And, uh, but better yet, you may want to take a detour on the way to the church through a nicer neighborhood so they could see how terrible your morning was. They often took detours on the way to the church and to the graveyard to show off how much they spent. While they were in the fancy neighborhoods, they walked solemnly, but... In between, they rode the hearse because their feet were tired. Yes. Everybody would pile on the hearse with the dead people on top of it. <laughs> no, except the mutes. Except, except the mutes. They had to walk in front, the little sticks. And stand on the corner. And yes, and stand on the corner. And be very solemn. Basically, the, the job of the mutes, who were usually hired by the undertaker, is they would stand outside your doorway <laughs> with their little mute thing and with their little mute this thing. And their sash, and their whole job was just to stand there. Now, if it happened to be cold or raining outside, you tip them, usually with a bottle of gin. As one does. And, you know, and, for, and, you know, of course, they would drink it. And then they might get a little obnoxious and, and start speaking. And sometimes you also <laughs> use it for your wait staff at the feast oh, yeah. that you were preparing indoors because why not squeeze every ounce of that pound? about 75% of that. He's getting enough to get another bottle of gin after his work is done. <laughs> and indeed, you know, you could sort of price your funeral by the number of horses you wish to pull the body. And that came with a few different perks. Yes, about, for about five pounds, you could get a hearse, glass-sided hearse, um, which is, of course, magnificently shows the beautiful casket that you had bought for your dear departed. And you could get a driver and one horse. That's for five pounds. If you went up to about 25 pounds, you could get four horses. <coughs> same carriage, a driver in black, and a footman as well. Plus, you could probably get a couple more just if you wanted to get a few showings, a few pounds. Basically, the only, the only objective <coughs> and the whole, the whole object for the uh, undertaker was to see how much he could milk you for <laughs> in your time of grief. And yeah. because people were so worried about keeping up with the Joneses or, or the uh, Windsors, as they were, keeping up with the Windsors, they would pay the money. That's right. And, and then sometimes they would, in fact, beggar themselves in the process of mourning. Yeah. Uh, especially amongst the middle class, there was a great effort put into looking as unbelieved and dignified. As you know, your aristocratic friends weren't really your friends, but you wish they would be your friends because their funeral parties were so much nicer than yours. <laughs> and so you would really take that extra effort. And you might end up having to, you know, send a few children to the workhouse. But you know, if they died in the workhouse, it wasn't as nearly as tragic as having them. You know, 
Such as the bell. The bell. Which I say by the bell. 
saved by the bell. You've probably heard that phrase before. No, it doesn't come from a horrible TV tip pop. Yes, there was a They would actually put a bell above the grave, and there would be a string running down into the casket. So if your loved one did happen to awaken, Oh, well, hopefully there'll be somebody besides TikTok there to hear it. If it was. Sometimes there was a little bit of a vigil paid to the corpse, the, oh, actually, the beloved person in the casket. It was, yes. Yeah. Actually, cemeteries back then, at first they started out in the early 1800s, they had the churchyards. Um, very quickly, especially with population expansion, the churchyards became over full. And so the English started looking at uh, the French Père Lachaise Cemetery as a good idea, a big park cemetery. <coughs> and so they, they invest in land, and that's how you get Highgate Cemetery, and also uh, Greenwood Cemetery in New York City. Um, these were just big plots of land, and people would actually, would, they would build these great mausoleums and monuments and these statuary, beautiful marble angels. And people would go there on the weekends to visit their dead, and pick it and stroll through the grave. It's like one of the places to be seen, even if you weren't in mourning. Right. It was a really wonderful place. And then you might actually have an opportunity to hear somebody's bell tinkling, yes. too. <laughs> you never know. Right in the middle of your picnic. You could bring shovels with their picnics just in case of that happening. I don't think so. Even though they tried to distance themselves from the English, they really picked up those kind of 
However, she came a little bit west, you're a little bit more casual about it. You have somebody who, yeah. Something like this, you know, I don't know. If there's one of them comes up here, you'll see Mr. John Wesley Harden, his mustache kind of askew with a bullet hole in his head. Yeah. <laughs> he was an unfortunate victim of a uh, gunfight in which he had his back turned and shot him in the back of the head. As one does <laughs> in the West. As one does in the West. Usually, and this is where you've heard of the Boot Hills, which are also in Tombstone. Uh, there's one, I believe, in Rock County, Deadwood, Mon Deadwood, South Dakota, Tombstone, uh, Kansas. Dodge City. Yeah. Uh, boot Hills came from, came, the name comes from the fact that usually the men died with their boots and were buried with their boots on. In fact, they rarely ever got a casket. If they were lucky, they got thrown wound in a sheet and dumped in the grave. Um, most of these guys were pretty rough. There wasn't a lot of ceremony, there wasn't a lot of money, and there wasn't a lot of wood. So that was how the term boot came to be. And they were missing the fashion makers to tell them how to dress yes. for the experience. So no one was like really getting off fussy's out for it. And you will note sometimes it was actually became the, the term he died with his boots on. Oftentimes you'll see and there's a picture of the Dalton brothers in here and they're laid out with the Winchester costume. None of them have their boots on. It was sort of became a habit for them to take the boots off so it didn't seem they died as violently as they had. I know. kind of fate. Yes, that is a hole in his head. Yeah, she's a big <laughs> in this area. 
Um, unfortunately, sometimes they use it to excess, and you have a lot of them overdose. Oh, hello, mademoiselle. <laughs> In fact, all of your morning needs can probably be <laughs> <laughs> by this delightful lady. 
So, yes, yeah, so we actually have cars park on the bill here, but it's a Disney ghost tour if you have to get down to Disney.
After they were killed in the gunfight at the OK Corral. This is definitely the exception to the rule. Ike Clanton and the McLaurie brothers paid a lot of money for this. This, however, is Will Carver. They just threw him in the ground in a sheet. In his boots? In his boots. <laughs> yes, that is a bullet hole in his chest. <laughs> Not a missing button. knows this girl looks very much alive. But if you look very closely, if you could see this, and you can't unfortunately because her eyes are closed. And the, the undertakers got very good at this. 
they would paint eyes on the lid before the photograph was taken to make it look like the person. And they would put stands to stand them up too. And yes, and stands actually. Some of them you'll see in here. You'll see one little girl, she's standing very, very still, very straight, with the parents. And if you look down at the bottom, you realize she's got a stand holding her up. She's not alive anymore. But she's, she's there with the parents. It's just such a happy family photo. This was another very, very common um, to lay out children. They'd put them with their dolls. They'd put them in their best and really try to make them look like they were asleep. It's just, and, but these often were the only pictures they would ever get of the children. And they would be passed down. Well, that was so common. I mean... It's not that deaths disappeared today, but that was so regular and occurring. It very much was. And it was also it was a common part of life. Most uh, an older person would die in the house. Um, your sick family member would die in the house. They were not whisked off to the hospital. The doctor came to the house to take care of them. And when it was decided by the doctor that it was too late, the person would, would not be whisked off to the hospital or hospice. They would stay in the home and die in the home. And then the family would take care of the body. Usually not the immediate family. Usually they would have outside relatives, aunts and uncles come to actually do the processing of the body. Washing it, dressing it, that kind of thing. Before, before the undertaker came in. Yes. Um, but it was, it was very close to the bosom, as it were, because so many people died so regularly that I, I think that in the era, not only did you have Victoria's example, uh, very publicly displaying your grief through fashion <coughs> and jewelry and etiquette, but that you know it was much more normalized to have people dropping dead from wearing green dresses. Yeah. 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 I like to refer to that. <laughs> it's one of the less gruesome ways to go. It's not like the faucet jar. Yes. Um, that is actually slightly older than this. Oh, there's the Dalton boys. Yeah. You'll notice they're all in their stocking feet. Um, yeah, pennies on the eyes was actually an older thing. Um, they, they would do it, uh, they would usually do it right after the death until rigor mortis set in. And once rigor mortis set in and they kept it closed for rigor mortis, once rigor mortis was gone, the eyes would usually stay closed. Um, it also goes, harkens back to a time when the... Uh, the Egyptians, I believe, the pay the Yeah, that you had to pay. You had to pay to get across the river Styx. Yeah, they still actually into into the uh, Victorian era would sometimes they still find sometimes find coins in the mouth of the deceased. Um, they did have, and they did have, they did have a lot of tricks to make people look much more alive. Um, they did. They would actually, besides painting on, they sometimes put curved things, and they do this today in um, mortuaries. Um, they actually have a, a curved piece that they will flip under the eyelids so because the first thing that sinks is the eyes. Mm -hmm. So they put this curved piece of, back then it was wood, now they use plastic, under the eye to give it more fullness when the person's laid out. And so you, you'll, you'll notice that this is a wonderful family photograph until you see the little girl laying in the front. They also did also took these pictures of pets. Occasionally you'll see one in here. Oh, of a dog. pets. <laughs> pet funerals and pet burial. That was yes. becoming quite a thing. And what a scandalous thing it was occasionally. Uh, people, as we are today, a pet can be a very close companion. I know my pets are very dear to me. And at the time, um, theologically, usually bishops, 
of the Anglican Church frowned upon the bearing of pets in hallowed ground because they insisted that there were no souls. That was their theological sense at the time. I am not a theologian. I have no idea what the Anglican Church believes today. But um, there, there became a great scandal about these society ladies, older gentlemen taking their pets and paying an undertaker to bury them with all of the rites of a full burial, including the crepe on the door and the black calling cards and the black ribbed, ribbed hankies. And there were cases of riots, of people following after the funeral procession for beloved Fluffy and pelting the grievers with, you know, fruit or getting, getting even more violent than that. It's really terrible. <coughs> I don't think I can turn that into a joke whatsoever. It comes from a full No, you don't want me to lie. You don't want me to So yeah, so that, as you come by the photograph, often the passing of the cat was something that was mourned just as, you know. As seriously. As seriously. So, but yeah, like you said, death was very, very commonplace in Victorian England and in the, into the Edwardian time. And basically, really, the death, the death, what they now almost, is, it's become a death cult. Uh, Victorian time, the death cult was probably all, only equal to the, um, the Egyptian in their reverence for the dead. I mean, it's the only other time in history where it becomes this much of an obsession. Um, it really kind of dies out about World War One because of the mechanized warfare and the number of bodies that were coming back. Too much death. And it was too much death, and it became prohibitive. You could not buy <coughs> funeral funeral folks for all these young men coming back into Victorian England and America and France with just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands and you know in a week and so yeah so that pretty much that pretty much kind of ends the whole victorian morning morning culture much to the displeasure of people well, so yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean she had to go get a real job and she charles dickens wasn't there yeah he wrote some stuff that just killed business oh my heavens he just really did not like all of this Fancy morning. No. He wasn't into the fashion. No. Can you believe he just thought it was ridiculously overpriced and a waste of money and time? He spoke. How do you think that? I mean, you do cherish and embrace the morning. Buy the black. Buy the and pay your mourners. I know. How are you supposed to establish proper status if you don't have a whole slew of us? Well, I mean, it needs at least a half dozen. Exactly. Properly. Arrayed in society. Very sad. And he would write against yeah. it. This is Dickens hated undertakers. You'll notice, especially, um, most of you have probably seen Christmas Carol. You notice when on the ghost of Christmas past, one of the, one of the people who comes in uh, at the very end is the undertaker. And he has one of the worst roles in the entire thing as they're tearing down the bed curtains around Ebenezer Scrooge's bed. And they're all the undertaker laughing about how much money they're going to make off of this. Uh, <coughs> yeah, so the end of Dickens did not like undertakers. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, well, go back and watch it. But, yeah, or, or read it. Or read it. Or read it. Or read it. <laughs> yes, you can read it. It is actually a book. <laughs> 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 Some people do occasionally engage in reading. 
are allowed to, um, to use today are people that actually leave in their will that their body is for science. Yep. And even if they find you know, corpses in the desert or something, it is illegal for a medical school to dissect them. So it is important for people that are willing to leave their body to science for a medical school. They generally keep you for three years or less. Three years is the max. And then they send the, either the body or uh, the ashes back to the family for interment. Lady Bubbles, how do you know all this? Oh, I went there to the dad class. It's part of my massage uh, program. Wow. <laughs> and how um, little we knew that learning how to massage people in food and learning how to massage. See that kill table? I believe it is time for us to bid you all adieu. Thank you for coming. We hope you think of it. Did I get Yeah, it turned out good. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the panel. Just to let you know, we're going to be posting a few more panels over the next two weeks or so, just to get us caught up until we can get a chance to get together and game again. And I'd just like to send a shout out to thank you everybody who's supporting us on at patreon.com slash cppn. We're hoping this summer, we're hoping to be able to get a whole bunch of more gaming content in and get a bunch of games so that we guys can have some different stuff to listen to. Like always, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.